0: Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, in excellence on a global scale.
1: The Phoenix rises from the ashes. It's time to fly. Welcome back to the next episode, the latest episode of the Phoenix Flash Podcast. I am one half of your humble host, Jason Cornelius Bell. JCB, you know me, you hate me. That's all good too. On the right side of this screen, that's the better man. The man amongst fools, oh. GLG. <laughs> member dare i say founder of this midwestern fashionable of glg guys that we have around here mr brett jager brett jager tell me something good baby boy
0: shit it's been too long since we've done this we're over a month here in between episodes so it's great to be back that's what's good we've had some sickness involved and just other things here and there but and really kind of a slow part of the uh Wrestling calendar across the board, across the border, across the water, all the way, uh, the land yeah. of the rising sun in Japan. Yeah, you know, we were just talking before that we were planning to record last Monday a week ago, and it's like really not much new has happened. We will have a bit of news right up off from the front, but in terms of matches and shows, not really much going on in the last week, but excited to be here and talk some shit um it's been as long as we've gone without recording and i feel like we have the least to talk about but i'm sure we're still going to be yapping for two and a half hours
1: no i i said to myself i was not going to have us here for two and a half hours i wanted to keep this thing (laughs) under i think we could
0: maybe get it in 2 we'll see we'll see
1: i I said that was my goal coming in and i'm going to try to keep us on track on that so on that lovely note, what we have for the agenda this week, we're, it's going to be a more of a Hamash a posh, a, a potpourri, if you will. Dare I mm. say, a parezu gumbo of all kinds of wrestling promotions. We're not going to get real deep into cards. We're going to jump here. We're going to jump there. We're going to tie all your things up. We're going to talk a, Kingdom, a little Wrestle Kingdom on the back end and then talk about, you know, probably what's coming up here in a little bit. Potential shows and a Russell Kingdom review. But for this show, we're going to talk about, we have to talk about New Japan. They had their World Tag League tournament. We totally missed the whole thing, but we're going to go back and review that bad boy, talk about the winners, the losers, who won it, who lost, all that good stuff, and what it means for Russell Kingdom. From there, in no particular order, we're going to jump over to the NOAA side of things and talk about a few matches there, highlighted by mentor and student versus mentor and student. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. TJPW had their 10th anniversary show, a wild 10-woman tag hmm. team match, best two out of three falls. Didn't think I would like it, and then all of a sudden, I was like, what the fuck is this? We're talking <laughs> about that shit, too. And then another tag league, world, real world tag league from All Japan. Our All Japan, I guess, umbrella is starting to expand a little bit. We're going screaming scream into that just a smidge and see what Nakajima is up to. If you see my caption, you see what's going on. So we're going to delve into that in a little bit as well. And then from that point, we're going to jump back. We're going to talk a little about uh, Wrestle Kingdom, throw out some picks. And then finish things up on that note. But like Brett, J- Brett Jager said, we did have a bit of news I found fairly interesting. Let me tee that joker up. So you had a bunch of wrestling uh, Japanese Parezu promotions uh, come together and create this uni- unified Japanese promotion. I'm just going to read this straight off of Monthly Parezu who follows the show. So in this scenario, I feel like I should do my bit, my part and take anything off of their article and go from that point. So this is straight from the article. I'll read it. It's from James Carlin. The announcement has been made of the formation of a new industry group that aims to represent professional wrestling in Japan. The creation of the United Japan wrestling group comes of the pandemic in which communications between wrestling companies on event guidelines were not in unison leading to a variety of different responses the newly formed ujpw seeks to establish a united front where all companies can convene and help each other moving forward in such issues secondly the aim of the group is to continue to develop the, to develop the japanese wrestling industry's presence in japanese culture and work together to make sure that it prospers and maintains health in the future. Per New Japan's pro wrestling release, the companies will all continue to do their own individual businesses. While as you, let's try this again. The companies will all continue their individual business as usual. Whilst the UJPW will allow participating promotions, a space to discuss concerns within the industry and enabling an exchange of information that benefits all promotions. Basically, what you have here is a, I would call it a, an Avengers of sorts with jef, different Japanese promotions that will ultimately have a show coming up at Nippon uh, Budokan on May 6th. You ask who's in this uh, group, let's talk about it. Obviously, we said New Japan already, all Japan Pro Wrestling, Pro Wrestling Noah, DDT, Josie Pro Wrestling, Stardom, Gangabar Pro Wrestling, Big Japan Pro Wrestling, and Dragon Gate Japan Pro Wrestling. So it for me, it sounds like any and everyone that is you've ever even heard of when it comes to Japanese wrestling and promotions are now on board with this. Brett, this is really the first time you've even heard about this. I did send you the leak, but I know you were extremely busy. Like I was recovering. I was recovering from a cold. You were, you know, doing your thing and uh, watching the Cincinnati Bengals get in the early playoff Christmas gift. So what do you think? Yeah, so I had seen this
0: had happened and at least saw a couple sentences about it, but like nothing beyond that hadn't read into it. Didn't intend to, but. Pretty much is exactly what I thought it was. And I think this is a great thing, Um, you know, that kind of going back to the beginning of the year, the beginning of this podcast, and really the whole year is all about, has been all about collaboration amongst all these Japanese promotions. And, you know, obviously, you know, we know Star Artem and New Japan are now the same owner. You know, I think DDT, TJPW, Noah are kind of all under the same umbrella. So, they're, you know, a lot of them are together by nature already, but, you know, we've seen talent exchanges quite frequently this year. You know, oh, sure. in the New Japan side, Kaito Kaito Kiyomiya has been, he feels like he's just part of New Japan now, being, doing the G1, doing World <laughs> I was
1: going to uh, feels more uh, Noah than he does New Japan. Yeah. At this point.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, the Nakajima Kenno match happening initially amongst two companies. Now they're in the same company. The Muto show was a huge port. I mean, hell, Shinsuke Nakamura fucking came over for that. But, you know, several promotions, you know, were a part of that. And then, of course, the All Together Again show we discussed back in June, which literally was a joint show of, you know, three, four different promotions so yeah, I think this is great. You know, it's just, you know, it's more on like the business. I think this is definitely less, you know, of the in-ring product that this is going to affect, but I mean, I think this is going to, you know, continue to foster more collaboration. Um, You know, it's going to lead to more stuff like this naturally. Um, And yeah, I think this is just a big, a huge thing across the board and just great. You know, I love how it's, you know, about trying to build up professional wrestling in the culture in general so you know everyone has the same goal there you know if wrestling becomes more popular more people want to pay to go pay for the shows etc cetera, etc cetera. so yeah I think this is great and um, look forward to that show in May I'm sure it should be very interesting and then just kind of how this ripples throughout all of next year because you know we've just talked a lot about this as a theme of the year so that's why I'm like Oh, interesting this happens, you know, right now as the year's kind of wrapping up and that's why I'm like, let's lead with this cuz I feel
1: like this is just kind of what the show is about in general. So, yeah, I love it. I couldn't agree more. I was just I was getting ready to say that and uh, if you go back to the very first PSP, this was the dream of what we've always kind of talked about and now, slowly mm-hmm. well, but surely it's now come to fruition where next year, you know, May 6th, you're going to have this nippon Budokan show where you know you're going to have nine different promotions from japan you know in some form or fashion all on one card and the possibilities at that point are just you know blows my mind i can't even imagine what that card would look like it feels like it'll be a 10 hour show and i'm i'm here for all 10 hours (laughs) um that being said I, i will be curious to see more so on the business aspect of it how they promote it, who takes the lead. Is this going to be just New Japan taking the lead and everybody else following behind New Japan or is somebody that we don't see coming up? All Japan has been getting a lot of... Uh, they had a nice little article on Monthly Perezu. if you hadn't checked that out, where uh, basically the, the moral of the story with the article was that New Japan is still number one, but if you haven't been paying attention, All Japan has... A nice little roster of young talent and they're on the rise. So and that's yeah. why they're getting my money now. And stardom is not. <laughs> okay, come on, man. You ain't got <laughs> I, I was gonna let stardom go. You know, I, I came in peace. I haven't even watched stardom <laughs> Me since neither. you know the last time we had talked. I had come in peace, and now here you go, Ray. It's are you throwing poor stardom on these plus, they ain't even done nothing yet. Shit. Um anyway, I couldn't agree more with you on this one. I think. This is going to be an amazing ride. I want to see ultimately where this goes. If they have one big show a year, I would be cool with that. If that's the, you know, this May 6th show and it starts every year and, you know, sometime in the, uh, the spring or summer, we get a big super show with all nine promotions, I would be totally down for that. Even the way they're doing things now, where, you know, you see, uh, like you say, Kaito in uh, New Japan. You see Onwa over in uh, Pro Wrestling Noah. Marif- not Marifuji, but Nakajima, obviously making the move to All Japan. I would assume uh, Ray Saito. I was just watching the uh, Yeah, the yeah D- D-D-T. tournament. He's over on loan from All Japan. Over at, had uh, Yuma Anzai and and one from
0: All Japan and Noah. So yeah, it's
1: that's great we've seen it already now I want to see how this if it picks up even more than it already has because like you said we've gotten bits and pieces of it now if if this is going obviously it's the thing going forward I'll definitely want to see how all the promotions kind of play themselves into this and if there's like one big show per year that's the show that I would really be curious to see like this first one is going to be good but then if they if they do it right, hopefully they will. It should be one big super show, like every year, their own fill in the blank, whatever the hell they're gonna call it. I don't want to say Wrestle Kingdom or WrestleMania because obviously that shit's already taken. But I think there's, you know, a room for growth here. Um, let's jump over real quick. Let's talk about uh, Brett's caption. I do have a a bit of a problem with that because it what? is yeah, yeah. Well, look, I'm I'm not saying I don't like Bishman. Okay? I never said I didn't like Bishamon. I just got a problem with Bishamon holding the damn joint, man. I mean, what the fuck? These motherfuckers again, three in a row. Three Pete. Three Pete for Bishamon. They win World Tag League. Over- as
0: the champs as well, which
1: was, rarely yeah, ever uh, happens. It's crazy. Well, let's let's take a big step back. So obviously Bishamon won World Tag League. They beat Uh, E.L.P. and Hickawayu in the final. So for me, Bishimon's road out of the gate was a stumbling road out of the gate to where I almost was thinking to myself, are these Jokers not even going to advance? And then in classic Bishiman fashion, they start clipping, you know, stringing wins together real quiet, like not beating, you know, not really, you know, having great matches, but, you know, they'll beat... You know, Nagata and uh, Suzuki, real quiet. Like, next thing you know, you look up, they'll beat uh, Taichi tai Chi and Yuma Nura, real quiet. Like, even though that was one of the better matches. Oh, yeah, game. that
0: match was great, yeah.
1: And then you look up, and now I'm like, wait a minute. How did Bishima, you know, advance to the semifinals? In classic Bishima fashion, they do. TMDK was another one of the. Uh, the uh four semifinalists. Uh, I thought they were having a, a tremendous tournament overall, but in classic Gato slash TK TMDK booking fashion, hot out of the gate and then fizzled out in the semifinal. They end up losing in the semifinal uh War Dogs were the the third well I guess in this case would be the 14. team. Uh Alex Coughlin and Gabriel Kidd, Gabriel Kidd, I think has, has once again just endeared myself to him even more so throughout this tournament. I didn't think it was even possible, but <laughs> his crazy ass made me like him even more. Generation really, was, talent. Really was rooting for War Dogs to you know at least get the chance to get their titles back. They lost in the semifinals. Like I said, don't get me wrong, I like Bishima. I, I think even the fact that I didn't like it was champion versus champion in the final i ne- didn't necessarily like that but i will give the final its credit it was a really really good final match the, the overall tournament was a bunch of really 3.5 375s not really any fours or 4.25s until we got towards the end but for me i'll give b and an elp all the credit for the final i just wish that one or the other weren't a champion now i see why they do it now after the fact okay now we're going to have champion versus champion it makes sense fair enough maybe somebody else could have been the champion you know damn bishman's been holding this motherfucker for a little bit that's all i'm saying you know build the tag team division up damn it
0: yeah, I don't I don't disagree with that necessarily. Obviously, I'm a big fan of the guys. I'm happy they won, but yeah, generally I like having different teams or, you know, new teams, etc. Um, I didn't necessarily want TMDK to win just because we'd already seen TMDK challenge Bishamon twice and lose, so it's like, eh didn't really want to see that for a third time, even though I think they're deserving. Absolutely. And we've certainly talked about that on this show Of and you just mentioned it about them kind of getting the short end of the stick quite often, but both of those guys had a hell of a year um, as, t- as teammates and both, you know, surprising in the G one, I think as well. So um, you know, hats off to them, no doubt, but yeah. Um, I, I, definitely wasn't expecting Bishamon to win frankly initially i was thinking it would be yuya and taichi mm. that way you could have had yuya kind of get one over not necessarily but it's like hey i came in in one world tag league on my first shot and you jokers didn't but um that was just kind of my thought obviously i was just kind of, i wasn't really watching as it was happening initially i was kind of behind and per usual I was just watching like two show two matches per show typically. But I think I did watch at least two on every show, except maybe there was one I watched just one and a couple three. So, you know, about two two per show. But honestly, I did have a nice little smattering of fours and a couple four and a quarters throughout, um, you know, up until the end. So um, I'll ha- I'd have to pull up the list, but I remember, I do want to give some props to Ishii and Yano, uh, your boy, Yano, who, you know, yeah, there was some Yano bullshit, but it was definitely minimized. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely minimized throughout the tournament, but I mean, I think it was the match with Kaito and Oiwa was awesome. Or Ren and Shota, I think I had it four and a quarter the Kaito and Oiwa match at four. So when those, you know, when those boys got that obviously, Ishii's, Ishii. he's going to be fucking tight and he was great the whole way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought both those matches were good. I think I watched maybe one more of theirs, but wanted to give them some credit. Um, <clears throat> yeah, War Dogs were great. I think they definitely could it could have been a winner, no doubt about it, but um, you know, like we said or like you said, it it makes sense now knowing that it's going to be champ you know, it was in the finals, champ versus champ. ELP and Hikaleo beat Bishamon in the in the block round. Bishamon wins the final rubber match for both titles. Better be fucking unifying them. As I've said, I'm tired of too many belts, especially since New Japan Strong isn't really much. I mean, we know they're going to have shows,
1: but it's not a weekly thing. Yeah, so I that think that's right. that's... clearly the New Japan Strong... Uh brand whatever you want to call it i think is is kind of being wrapped up in some form or fashion where the the new japan strong title is in this modern day that's uh, right japan yeah or in aew and then now uh i guess i probably should have seen this coming you know considering that the continental classic was going on well yeah, it was gonna still it was going on while uh, World Tag Week was going on too. So I probably should have yeah. seen this one coming and been like, you know, they're going to they're going to unify the tag titles as well, and I never did. Um, Maybe I didn't even think about it. No, not at all. To be perfect, honest. But once now that I start to think about it, it does make sense. It is what it is. I'm not mad about it per se. Like I said, for me, I just War Dogs would have been a good good call. Uh, Yuya. Uh, Tai Chi would have been acceptable to me, especially like you were saying about Yoromura, where it would have been, you know, it seems like all the other Musketeers have some sort of feather in their cap, you know. Um, Shota has the has uh Will Osprey, uh, Tsuji, too, for that matter. Um, Ren now that feels like he's. House of torture. Uh, right. we'll talk about that here in a little bit. I thought this would have been a good time to get your you and your you and your his at least a title, um, a title chance. Not saying that him and Taichi were going to win it, but I wouldn't mind seeing uh your in in the World Tag League final and uh and see where he was going with that. I thought he really stood out as just a single individual competitor versus like certain teams that stood out, uh, TM, uh, t- let's try that again, Team CMLL was one of the teams I thought just stood out as a team versus Uemura that kind of broke out of this shell individually, but within the confines of the tag team, if that makes sense.
0: No, I, I can definitely see that for sure. I thought Uemura, you know, looked pretty good. I did think his – he and Taichi's chemistry was pretty weird and <laughs> – I've kind of been holding this thought for a while since we haven't recorded in a while. I think Yuomura definitely stepped up in ring. I think he's got a long way to go with just, like, his persona and his facial expressions and just kind of everything. Like, he always – face always looks like he's kind of got to take a shit. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he's just kind of got, like, a bit of a – type face going, like – (laughs) <laughs> kind of all the time, like I don't know, remember when that came to me, but it came to me, and I'm like, you're That's gonna love this, crazy. and I said the same thing to Azar, and he agreed and loved it as well.
1: Shout out but to like, Azar. what's up, brother. That's yeah, crazy. he just he just
0: doesn't he, he just doesn't have that part of it down, and like he and Taichi both were like going through the crowd, kind of like Shota, and it's <laughs> like it's just not really working for me, so. I think he's going to be fine. The guy's obviously crazy talented. We've seen it, but he's just got to figure out these intangibles and just really kind of who he is as a wrestler, as a character, because, you know, we know he can work. That's for sure. And all of this will come with time. But he just seems very unsure of himself out there. Would you agree?
1: (laughs) To the character part, I totally agree with. But yeah, I, like just I'm the sure character what, in
0: terms of like who he is, you know, right. not not his in ring work in any way. I'm,
1: I'm not sure who he is, so if I'm not sure, then I'm sure you know what he's presenting is you know just kind of a work in progress, um which is fine. I I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. I just think no. that the what what do they call them? like the the heat wave or something heat like storm, that storm i think heat storm okay th- what's what's that i mean th- th- that right there was, wasn't necessarily you know kind of gene blast you know that felt like oh shit this motherfucking to come in you know start wrecking havoc mm-hmm. to me it's it's just it didn't really set up your Moore very well we're going to see what happens as we go along i'm not going to worry about it, like you said i think he'll figure it out but it's just it's just something he'll have to do on his own time it'll take six months maybe a calendar year i don't think it really is the end of the world he'll ultimately get there let's talk about just world well, rotate yeah
0: well real quick I, I wanted to talk the final because i didn't really discuss it um i thought it was excellent obviously it went what 40 something minutes which is very long but go, go yeah i think
1: the final in uh the company history
0: yeah, I think they definitely could have trimmed time, absolutely. But I was still pretty much – I was into it the whole way. And, you know, the last, I don't know, six, seven, eight minutes were just pretty insane. Uh, you know, it was a lot of like two-on-ones. In, uh, I think it was ELP and Yoshihashi, it felt like they were in there for like eight minutes straight at one point, just going at it, chopping the shit out of each other. But, yeah, it was a true uh, test of endurance. Um and yeah, I I thought it was excellent. I thought even Hicaleo. I mean, shout out to Hicaleo, man. Um, mm. You know, again, not saying he was great the whole way through, but I think he and ELP certainly had great chemistry and it worked. I mean, you know, they were just kind of thrust together as a team. You know, we've had kind of mixed feelings about Hicaleo this whole year, um, but I think it worked and, you know, kudos to him. And, you know, what can you say about ELP? The guy has just been incredible this year since kind of going out on his own and big things for him in the future i think um but yeah bishamon baby they just get fucking results at the end of the day um but yeah it was a roller coaster you know down the stretch there and just
1: kept well, going like there was there were a few there was still a few teams on both sides of the block that you know we had to be like okay what's getting ready to happen the, the only thing i didn't like and And it was the the, the final night where you if you didn't like take, you know, stringent notes like I am. And, you know, you're you're counting points. You're like, okay so what's the tiebreaker? You know, I was doing the tiebreaker scenarios as they were breaking it down in Japanese. And I'm like, man, this is where I miss English commentary. And I know I read something about, you know, people either you like English commentary or you don't. And I totally get it. This is one of those times where you just needed somebody to translate that shit for you. So that way, couldn't agree more. That way, you were on the same page. Outside of that, I thought they, Gato built it to where now you had two or three teams on both sides where if they won, then this team were, was out or this team needed this other team to win. It was the usual booking strategies of New Japan. Japan when it comes to their tournaments that kept me interested all the way to the very end and that's what I appreciated about the most did I like the the booking in no not really but that's just me you know I'm just a mark I like certain teams you know I, I want everybody to get their you know piece in at this point but ultimately it kept me engaged from start to finish and that's all I can ever ask for
0: Yeah, I mean, I quite enjoyed everything I saw and, you know, I eventually caught up and was, you know, by the time the semis came, I was like live. So, yeah, definitely. uh, I think with this and the junior tag league we talked about, I think they both outperformed my expectations because, you know, this is tip. I, I don't think I've ever really watched every match from both of these tournaments. I'm typically kind of a cherry picker. I mean, some years I feel like I wouldn't even watch hardly any of the junior, um, Mm. but both of them I quite enjoyed and, uh, I love it. I think, you know, tag team wrestling in new Japan is definitely not the focus, but, um, I think, you know, both divisions showed out strong here and yeah, we'll see, uh, kind of see where things go. Uh, I don't know who do you think is going to win at Wrestle Kingdom. I know we're going to talk about it, but I feel like we're all, we just talked about this match and I think it could right. truly
1: go either way. Uh what you do you think? think? So, really? <laughs> I I no, I'm and I'm not trying to be funny. I'm just I'm being Yes, funny. I do.
0: I do. I will say I mean, that. obviously smart money says Bishamon, but I mean, here's a a huge way
1: to put these other two guys, two guys over. over and that's the that is the the only reason why I would get, I'm holding out hope for ELP and hickawayU Plus, I think as much as we I won't say destroyed Hickolayu, but we weren't very kind to him around the G1 portion of uh, the PSP journey this year. And I think Gato might have hurt us. And <laughs> I think between the two of us reminding him. Not so politely that he was the guy that sent Jay White packing, and he needed to be booked as such. I think from that point, Gato has consciously booked Hikawayu stronger. The great way to put the cherry on top is to beat the best team that New Japan has to offer and has been built up for the last three years. And so that's kind of why I think they might win. Uh, I'm not. I can't say I totally disagree with you. I just, I'm. You know that me. I'm from the show. Day. It can go say. either way. <laughs> it, it could. It could. I would just. I would be really not surprised, but pleasantly surprised if ELP and Hickaway will beat be Shimon. But we'll we'll hold off on that in a second because I was going to say we're going to do Russell Kingdom picks here somewhere down the line, probably towards the end. I'll, I'll do it a more of a. BFR style. We'll do the picks at the end. Let's... Anything about World Tag League? New Japan? Oh, Ren! Thank you, Jason. Thank you. (laughs) Let's talk about Ren Narita joining House of Torture. I know that Let's first, a, about, let's first talk about. Let's first
0: talk about kind of how this transpired for us because on man, our I mean, group. With
1: that, but, oh no! Trust me, I was going through. I was going to tell the story, of course. Oh, okay. Still, well, I then go
0: ahead. Talking. Don't let me steal your thunder here. No,
1: it's just man. This is your part too. <laughs> we're going. To, we're going to bounce back and forth because I was the one that initially saw it and was, you know, of course, was pissed off. Uh, I saw the house of torture on. Twitter X, whatever you want to call it, had sucked in Ren Narita and made him flip heel. I saw this, I guess it was the day of that show. Uh, it was, I was Well, I, if uh, I remember
0: correctly, Azar sent a message to the group saying something like, I saw a New Japan spoiler last night, and I'm just going to leave it at that. Or just something very vague. And I, no, I don't no, think that's, that's p-
1: pretty much exactly what was said. Okay. Yeah. And I don't and think I like, you had okay. seen it at that point yet, correct? No, I had not seen it. I was like, okay, this could be anything, you know. Yeah. I'm not gonna, you know, go out and seek this thing out, but it's you know, try to avoid this if you can absolutely can. So, of course, within 15 minutes, I see the spoiler because I'm an idiot and I just don't don't go away from it. Don't go away from social media. That's why I hate people that cry about spoilers. You can avoid spoilers if you want to. You just have to put in the effort to do so. My dumbass did not put in the effort. And of course, I saw that Ren joined House of Torture. And immediately, I saw Red. I could not understand <laughs> what the fuck's going on. Why are you joined the fuck up, Ren We just fucked up show. Now you're going to fuck up, Ren now i'm pissed so in my head i'm you know i'm working myself up into a shoot i'm pissed <laughs> off all day i'm going to work pissed off you know people are like what's wrong with jason fucking a joint house <laughs> of <for> torture <laughs> motherfucker. what's wrong with you you ain't paying attention jesus anyway so as the day pro- progresses our text thread increases where it high five time jumps in is like what's going on i'm just like hey you know this is this ain't a good thing, you know, this is... Yeah, you
0: had made it clear that you saw it, and not directly, but indirectly, I knew you fucking hated it, whatever it was. When you weren't that, you know, you were still subtle about it, but I could, I don't remember what you said, but I knew, and as the day kind of went on, you know, I never saw the spoiler, and the day goes on, I'm like, okay, JCB's this pissed off, it's got to either have to do with Yano or House of Torture. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think there's really anything significant that Yano could have done or it had to do with Yano that's gonna get you this goal, get you going this much. So then I'm just thinking, and I am caught up at this point, actually. So I was caught up before the semi, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go home from work and I'm gonna watch this immediately. And I'm even just kind of like texting you guys, like, oh, is someone leaving, is ZSJ leaving? And then I'm like, no, that doesn't make any sense right now. And I'm just like, and essentially, I'm able to just kind of piece it together bit by bit, and I'm like, is it someone joining House of Torture? And then no one is responding to me at all, so that's why I'm like, I think I'm onto something here. And I'm like, wait, is Narita about to join House of Torture? And then I turn it on, and he comes out and he slaps the camera. I'm like, this motherfucker's about to join House of Torture, and. I'm currently living with my parents. My mom's like, dinner's ready. So I'm like, fuck, I'm going to go eat dinner real quick and then watch it. And sure enough, Great. I was right. I was able to piece it together using context clues. And frankly, the way it went down, not so bad. Um, you know, essentially, I can't remember exactly because it was a little while ago. It was I don't think Narita ever got in the ring, but he was at least like on the... You know, the apron, like a normal tag match. And then eventually he just gets a chair and sits down on the, you know, in the aisleway, the ramp, He's just sitting there. And uh, I frankly don't exactly remember how it went down,
1: if you can uh, kind of pick me up. From it was really yeah, a two on one match from that point. Obviously, um, you drew an evil versus. Um,
0: yeah, they were just kind of like double
1: teaming him and yeah, Rand was just floor. kind of watching with his arms, you know, folded type of thing. So then obviously Shota had the final one big run where it looked like maybe he was getting ready to pull it out. And then Ren c- gets up onto the uh, the ring apron, distracts. So ends up getting, uh, I think it was everything's evil was the finish. And then from that point, that's when you finally saw Ren and Rita step into the ring. He like choked I- him, didn't he? With them. And it was a, uh, a little cheer party on uh, Shota Umino. And that completed the, heel turn so at that point i was just i finally end up watching the match and i'm just like you know this is this is the worst thing ever obviously i'm i'm not a a huge you are hot but i will say that brett did talk me off of the edge a little bit and i will say that if shota and red are a feud i think this is going to be a somewhere if this is not a standalone wrestle kingdom match it's going to be something on the WrestleMania card, six-man, eight-man, whatever yeah. the case may be. Short-term vision, I'm, I didn't necessarily like it because it's it's not what I wanted for Ren Narita, okay? But if you shoot long-term and if you have Ren Narita have him become the leader of House of Torture, And follow his no nonsense, more of a Suzuki, Minoru Suzuki kind of a house of torture where we just kick everybody's ass. But we we'll cheat, we'll pull some fuckery out of the ass, but it's just not over the top every time. It's you know, it's a formula kind of fuckery. So and so gets up on the apron. Here comes show, here comes Contamoro. That's the, the the formulatic fuckery I don't like. If you're gonna cheat. Cheat. I love heels. By all means, knock yourself the fuck out. I just don't want Ren Narita to be a part of the House of Torture. falling in line. Right. I much rather him, you know, slowly but surely put his imprint on this whole thing and if that means Evil's got to get the boot because he thinks he's the leader and Ren Narita is the leader, then so be it. Ultimately when naito has gone i want suji to take over uh your mover i want him to you know take over just five guys if that's going to be a thing going forward same thing with renderita so in this scenario when i stopped and thought about it i was like okay now that you placed renderita in house of torture okay now it seems like all the musketeers plus Yomura, Onwa on the way back, they have a, a landing spot. They're in some sort of faction, so you, ha- you could build with them for the next two or three years going forward. That And then that at that point, I was like, okay, I'm not nearly as mad. Just don't fuck up Renderita. And I said it right after it happened,
0: just the way it went down and then in subsequent matches as well, when I think he and Shota were on opposite sides, like, Ren has almost felt like the leader. It's like, you know, he's sitting there watching everyone do his bidding on the first turn. And then he comes in at the end. And then, you know, even later on, like I said, it was like everyone else kind of doing it as well. And then he joined it. And it's like evil might just end up falling in line under him. I mean, I doubt it's going to be that smooth and like he's the leader right away. But it was just the way it happened and the way it was presented. Definitely felt like that's where we're headed sooner than later, I think. I mean, like you said, could it be something with Evil where there's a match or they, you know, Re- hell, I'd fucking love to see Ren Narita force Evil's ass out and he has to go do his own thing again. Like, I wouldn't necessarily want to see him join L.I.J. again, but wow, I'd like right. to see Evil outside a house of torture again because we know how good he can be. You know, mm-hmm. he had some excellent matches in his LIJ tenure, um, you know, Despite aside from he and Sonata's tag team run, which was very good. So I don't know. I hadn't really thought about that until you just said it. I think that could be cool. Probably wouldn't be anytime soon. But at the end of the day, Ren Narita gave off big time leader, leader vibes. Um, and I loved it, frankly. And now it'll be interesting to see, you know, kind of how they do change a little bit. And hopefully they do.
1: I think it I think hopefully I think it would change, but if not, it's I just like I said, just don't fuck up rear that much. It's well, really
0: it think. feels they feel like more of a real faction now than just kind of like a piece of shit now that they've added Kanamaro, they've added Ren, they've got more numbers. So it's like now that they've got more numbers, maybe they can get a little bit more creative with the cheating and not just dick togo and show over and over doing the exact same
1: fucking thing. Your mouth to God's ears, nigga. Uh, anything else <laughs> on New Japan before we jump over? We'll talk about Wrestle Kingdom, like I said, at the end of the, uh, the show. Yeah, I think we're good. All right. Um, let's talk Let's talk TJPW. We, we rarely get a chance to talk about it. Plus, I really want to talk about this 10-woman tag team match that I thought was just absolutely off the freaking chain. Uh, TJPW had their 10th anniversary show believe that was uh january or not january but december 1st of uh of this year so like what 15 16 and days and a half ago. weeks ago um three matches that we really wanted to talk about um let's just talk about the, the main event because i keep yeah. talking about them and i just want to jump into the shit and that's
0: that's the main main course
1: here absolutely essentially yeah uh yuka Suzuki, uh, Sakazaki, i'm sorry uh she's finishing up her TJPW run and will be starting AEW in 2024 at some point. I'm not sure uh, on the date on that, just to get knock on wood. Hopefully she can go over there and get some TV time, get a little bit of a push and not hopefully have the United States fans that don't know her. uh, Hopefully they at least give her a chance. I'm worried about that scenario because Riho has always been kind of a divisive Figure when it comes to the AEW fan base, and I never really understood that. I think it's
0: just the lack of consistency, too, with Riho. It's like she pops in, and then she's gone for six months, and then she'll pop in for another month. And, you know, at least Sakazaki has had a few appearances. Hell, I remember her. I don't know if it was the first double or nothing, but one of those first pay-per-views she was on it, and I'm like, damn, this girl rules. So, you know, there's at least hopefully some level of familiarity with kind of the old school weird to say old school AEW fans <laughs> but frankly like if you've just started watching in the last year or
1: two you probably don't know who she is but no, that, yeah, then that would be bizarre. yeah uh if you did, do get a chance go back uh I believe she was on was she on the first all in uh the like the one in chicago
0: the OG all in i don't think All-In. She was not the o- the only women's match. It was it was a four way. It was Britt Baker, Chelsea Green, shit. Who's the the girl who's been out of wrestling? Was Impact Tessa Champion, Blanchard. Tessa Blanchard, and then I think it was um, like Madison Rain or someone like that that had been a while, around a little while. Anyway, no, Yuka
1: Sakazaki was not on that. Do yourself a favor. You're not familiar with. Your- go to youtube do a dig deep dive on her ass it would be worth the effort and you will be entertained i'm i'll tell you that for a fact i think yuka sakazaki is going to be a loss for tjpw but that's neither here nor there i think it was probably time for her to move along and spread her ring so in that scenario let's just jump back to the match 10 woman tag best two out of three falls on top of it uh yuka sakazaki miyu yamashita Rika Takazami, um, Shoka Nakajima, and Mizuki versus Suzume. Um, Moka Miyamoto, Yuki Arai, Arisa Anzu, and who am I missing? Miyu and Watatami. So you had those 10 women in a 10-woman tag. It, I thought this was just absolutely fun to watch. And this is one of those matches where you had a little bit of everything. You had the usual TJPW lighthearted humor portions of the program but then all of a sudden you had people that were getting rolled up they believe it was uh nakajima that lost the first uh fall to uh it was which wasn't that like
0: her first pin i don't know if it was ever but like i think it was I, ever correct
1: no i'm gonna say I, i'm 99 sure this yeah. wasn't a- and it was first win but it was like her first real big win where it was like what she picked it me. was like what six or seven minutes into this
0: as well and just wanted to say it's basically like the five biggest stars of the company against like five of the young up and coming next generation mm-hmm. if you will the was kind ball. of what this was so you get the new generation score and a pinfall in about six or seven minutes and then it's like Okay, now
1: we're on. Now yeah, it's on. You, the old guard, you could see, like, Shoko was They're like. kind of oh, just fucking gonna... around at the beginning, and then, yeah, they get that. Well, it was like a roll-up, right? Yeah, and then if you could see, like, the look on Nakajima's face where she's like, you know, I can't believe she just pinned me. And, you know, the <laughs> yeah. young guard is just ha- 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 hype and ready yeah. to go. And she's like, oh, this bitch is in trouble. I was like, oh, <laughs> Now you're gonna fucked up. And that's where you know the second ball picks up where the old guard takes. I hate to say the old guard, but to me, that's essentially what it yeah. is: young versus new, old versus uh young in this scenario. Uh the, the old guard takes the second and ultimately the third fall. I thought this, like I said, to me, this was a nice blend of seeing what TJPW has come from, especially like in that pre uh pre-vignette pre-match pre match vignette to see where like how far Miyu Yamash has come. That one was just like, whoa, you know, you yeah. could you really could tell how far she has developed as a character and the end ring West well, I just by- they had
0: footage from like the first TJPW show is what I think that and, yeah when she was on there I'm like holy sh-, doesn't even look like the same person. Heck she's probably 16 years old, 17 years old then. Yeah, that was. I like think it. she's like mid twenties, right yeah, now. Yeah, you
1: just show me that girl, then I'm like, there's no way she's gonna be, you know, one of the top women the in the killer world that she is now. Yeah, yeah, she is now, totally. So in that scenario, it was good to see the the beginnings of TJPW, especially for somebody like myself who has been watching really long. It was just kind of like, oh, okay, you know, oh, you know, it's cool to see that, cool to see in that scenario, and watching how we've gotten to this point where now the young guard the the Miyaawatomies the mocha miyamotas Yuki Arise, those are now the new stars on the come up and some of them I really like others I, you know I like okay um Daisy monkey as the tag team they're getting ready to you know have a, a, a match against free wi- free Wi-fi for the princes of princes title I'm really watching. I want to make sure I check that shit out because it's basically young versus old guard again. So in this scenario, I thought this was a really good way to get all 10 women, especially the youth of TJPW on this show. The running time for the entire match was 30 minutes. So I mean, in that scenario, there was plenty of time given where everybody got their chance to get their shit in. And I didn't think anybody disappointed by any stretch.
0: No, I mean, I think this was just a perfect encapsulation of what TJPW is. Like you said, you had some lighthearted comedy stuff, which is certainly, you know, it wasn't Hyper Masao in this match, but, you know, her yeah, yeah. type of shit where it's just, you know, you get some clown behavior, which, you know, I think in small doses here, you're okay with. But oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you get a little bit of that. And then, yeah, just great action. You know, you got to really see the best of everyone here. Um, I think it ended with a pretty extended stretch of the Miyu versus Miyu, Miyu Yamashita versus Miyu Watanabe. Um, I can't remember what the final pinfall was offhand, but it definitely, you know, been a little bit since I've watched it. But yeah, it was pretty dramatic down the stretch and just a very, very fun watch. I ended up going four and a half on it because I wasn't really like super dialed in for the first half of it, but definitely was for the second. Um, could see it maybe getting a bump up on a rewatch, but yeah, it was a treat to watch. And yeah, like you said, from the jump, if you've never seen TJPW, this would be the absolute perfect introduction. Mm -hmm. Like I said, from the jump, the five biggest stars, five biggest names in the company's history, and then five up and comers, you know, some of which Miyu Watanabe, you know, a lot more successful than
1: some of the others to this point, but all five of them with bright futures. I couldn't agree more. Uh, I gave it four and a half myself. Uh, Let's jump one back to the semifinal match. Max the Impaler returns back from World Prunes to Japan. She and Palm uh, tag up with each other, which is a weird. uh, (laughs) I love it. It's weird, but it's just it's TJPW. So I don't even really. It's weird, but it works. It does work because it's literally Palm is so lighthearted and just. You know, like a little school girl. and you have Max on the other hand is just basically brooding just don't fuck with me or I'll, I'll rip your fucking head off they faced free Wi-Fi obviously Hakari Noah and now Kakuda for the princes of Princess tag titles this was surprisingly a short match 12 13 free Wi-Fi retains the titles. This was a, another classic kind of TJPW-esque match. Go little lighthearted at first, but it got the, down to business here in a little bit. I just wish it had got a little more time to it, maybe go 15, 17 minutes, but neither here nor there. The right team went over, and I thought this was an entertaining match overall. I gave it 3-7-5. What you got, Brett?
0: Also 3-7-5, and, yeah, just very entertaining through and through. You know, had a feeling that free Wi-Fi would end up retaining, getting the pin on Palm, which happened. But, yeah, just very fun. Like I said, the Palm and Max team, you know, if you just look at the two of them, it's like, what? But it really does work and just makes sense within the scope of TJPW. And, yeah, free Wi-Fi. What I think they haven't had the titles too long. I think this is maybe their first or second defense. Second second title defense. Yeah. So I think they'll probably keep it for a little bit. But uh yeah, I thought this was just great fun. And you know, I know last show we recorded was like the first time I had watched any TJPW in probably like two months, and this was the first time I've watched since. It's just something that every time I watch it, it's always just fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know like like i said there's always little bits of comedy the action's good it's just a it looks nice the presentation just always a good watch and always kind of come away thinking man i wish i could watch more of that but uh there's only so much time in a day and it has survived whereas stardom has not survived for me oh, so. yeah, man. <laughs> but on. i say that because we've talked more off air about just like you know, me now having a normal day job and a girlfriend and all these things I did not have earlier this year. My time is I just have so much less time to watch wrestling. So I'd always thought, like, what's going to make the cut? And to this point, stardom has not, and TJPW has at least in small doses. But like I said, I wish I could watch more of it because it's always a joy.
1: No, I think TJPW is like a, a nice uh... – Power cleanser when it comes to wrestling it's it, it's not meant to be too heavy it's not meant to be too serious so in that scenario a nice every now and then you pop that joker you know on your palate you should be set so in that scenario i'm not mad at you for it i i caught myself thinking you know i, I need to be watching this more and i just you know right now as christmas season is on the on the go at this point and me working both restaurants it's just you know i need everything to slow down so i can catch up with my wrestling but <laughs> i'll get there eventually i ain't going to worry about it uh one more match on that tjpw show uh vika van i was not aware that vika van was a thing until recently i just caught a couple of her matches before i watched the match on uh the tjpw show she was wrestling Yuki Kamafuku for the Queen of Asia title. didn't know that there was such a thing until recently, but <laughs>
0: Yuki
1: Kamafuku apparently is the first winner of said title, and Vika Van challenged her for the title. 10-43, bell-to-bell. Kamafuku retains. This was good. Not great. I wish this, once again, just gave it a little more time. I thought Vika Van, you know, given the 10 minutes, did as good as could be expected, but Maybe not the best representation for those that didn't see more of her. I've only seen like maybe three matches, and this is the third match I've seen it or in or with. So, I mean, don't think like I'm a an expert on a Vika Van level by any stretch of the imagination, neither here nor there. Um I thought this was good, but not great. Three and a half. Isn't it Viva Van? Yes, uh, my V's and my C's are jacked up this afternoon. So yes, it's that's Viva okay. Von. I thought it was, and no, I had never even heard of her before. And
0: there was a little bit of sexiness involved here. Some uh, I, I enjoyed. That. We know <laughs> we know Kamikku can bring can bring the heat in that regard, and Viva Vaughn was not looking so bad herself. But no, in terms of the actual match, yeah, I also went three and a half. I thought this was pretty good for, like you said, the time they got. Um, you know, Kamafuku. I kind of missed her rise up. You know, really, this summer when she kind of when she made the finals of that that tournament, Princess Cup or whatever it may have been. Um, so, didn't really get to see much of that. And everything I'd kind of seen of her prior wasn't not a joke necessarily, but she was always kind of. Not presented as the most serious wrestler, and I think she's definitely gotten a lot better or at least showcased more. And uh, yeah, I uh, again, quite enjoyed this, uh, for what it was and the time
1: it got. I agree totally. Um, TJPW does have an, a combat princess show that's called, that it's up on uh, Wrestle Kingdom, it should be free here in the next week or so. That's probably one of the next things that I want to check out before the year is out. I don't think they have a, another big show until the start of 2024, if I'm not mistaken, but I'll have to double check on that. Let's jump. Anything else on the TJPW side before we forget about it? I don't think so.
0: Should we go to so those few Noah matches there?
1: Yeah. Let's talk about uh pro wrestling Noah. Uh, I forget. What was the name of the show again? The best, I think. Yeah, but no, no. Was it the best? <laughs> I knew I should. have. let
0: the best a man can get.
1: <laughs> I knew I should have wrote this shit down. Uh, I
0: thought it was the okay. best. Let's see. I'm trying.
1: It is the best. Noah, the best. On twelve two two. Okay, so. Three matches from the that show. Let's talk about the ten man tag first. GLG with uh, Anthony Green, uh, Jake Lee, L.J. Queerly, uh, Yohei, and Tadusuke versus Go Shiozaki, Junto Miyawaki, Marafuji, Segura, and who's that? Suji Kondo. So in this scenario, uh, for me. The match was really about two guys, Miyawaki and Suji Kondo. So mm-hmm. apparently, Suji Kondo has taken Junto Miyawaki under his wing since Miyawaki has come back from excursion. Now, usually, at least from in my head, when you come back from excursion, you you usually get some sort of little push, you know, nothing crazy, but you know something to, to say, hey, so and so has come back and he's coming back to. You know, make a name for himself, kick a little ass. to Miyawaki has gotten none of that since he's returned from excursion. He's just it, been getting it, his ass kicked. It, it felt like he's never <laughs> left. Okay. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? I thought you left to get better and you come back and you're still taking L. So, Suji Kondo has taken Miyawaki underneath his ring and underneath the Suji Kondo wing is a little tough love. So, as poor miyawaki is getting just destroyed stretched <laughs> out by you know guys on the other side suji kondo was like no don't save him
0: he's got yeah, to i think he to literally to- stopped like mara fuji and Sugur. like they try to get in the ring and he literally says nope, nope. no 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 no
1: no, no. <laughs> he's like let this little man figure this shit out for himself i'm like whoa man that's some man that's some tough love for your ass, boy. Shit. I'll be mad and motherfucker. I mean, hey, you better come get me. I'm gonna tap the fuck out. <laughs> I'm gonna let you know right now. I thought that was a great little segue. Just oh, to it was keep great to the match itself. A match with no stakes, with not much, you know, not much animosity. You know, no real heat in this. I mean, GLG and these other five guys don't have anything. You know, really to beef about i mean go and
0: jake go and jake lee to a small just because they recently had the match and i know they mixed it up here but you know obviously jake lee won and he's not the champ anymore but there's at least some history but yeah coming in there's not really much beef going on here not at all but yeah i thought just to pick up like it made this i don't want to say meaningless match but just kind of a nondescript 10-man tag just that much more entertaining and hell I went four stars on it. I thought this was great because my time. you know, the kind of the whole thing, Miyawaki, like you said, was getting just his ass beat stretch submission and he ends up fighting and getting the ropes on it, Something that you think he's going to tap out on and was in for quite a while. And he ends up making the tag. Um, I know GLG still ended up getting the win, but it just yeah. made the match so compelling and made you get that much more invested in something that, Hell, I didn't, I, I didn't think I'd get too invested in it. I, I'm just like, well, like GLG and this other team's got some, you know, solid guys on it. So, hell, this could be a sure, pretty good cool match and, you know, blew my expectations out of the water. And I think is a nice step for Junta Miyawaki, who's a guy that, you know, like you said, he hasn't really done shit and just loses all the time. So I think this is definitely something to build on.
1: And I'm certainly more intrigued about him than I was before it. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, I, I'd rather see him lose in this fashion where there's a story behind it versus, you know, he's rolled out the, uh the curtain jerker and then takes the L and I forget about him for the next two weeks until the next Noah show comes out. So in this scenario, I thought this was a, a pretty good use of Very detail.
0: effective.
1: Yes, for sure. Uh, I skipped a match, so let's take a step back uh, for the national <laughs> heavyweight title, Jack Morris, <laughs> One of the big GLG guys, the, the lone GLG member that has a singles title. Now, at this point, he faced O'Hara in a match that went thirteen fifty eight bell to bell. Jack Morris retains the national heavyweight title. Obviously, this was a match where O'Hara, as a junior, was going up in weight, quote unquote, so to speak. I didn't think this was a match where O'Hara was going to win. But I um, did like the fact that he did make Jack work, tied him up in pretzels in a couple occasions, and that's what I think O'Hara's biggest, I guess, uh, advantage over most individuals is, is that he can just out wrestle your ass sometimes. Once again, good, not great, three seven five. We're right online. 375 for me as well. Yeah, I
0: think, you know, a nice first defense for Morris. Like you said, never was going to lose this match. And I thought O'Hara, you know, definitely came in and gave him some shit for sure. And, you know, he's a guy, you know, he's definitely lower mid card in Noah for sure. But, you know, when he gets his opportunities, this and then the singles match against Hiromu, I can't remember what show was maybe on the joint Wrestle Kingdom thing they had i can't remember when it was regardless i thought he was good there um so yeah he's a guy i definitely like to see featured a little bit more you know i'm just you know how i feel about Hayata. i feel like ada's kind of being overexposed a little bit in the junior division so it's like why don't we get this guy featured a little bit more prominently because he can definitely work and he's you know definitely that more grounded style but you know i think he's pretty entertaining with it for sure so yeah
1: kudos to him and just got to love us some Jackie two belts baby no that sublime all the time jack morris you got that right he has been a nice little uh, pleasant surprise i didn't think oh, he'd yeah. run around with, uh, with both tra-
0: straps but from coming uh, prior to last year's n1 when his name got announced and everyone's like who the fuck is this guy like literally i had to look up it's like it was hard to even find anything on him So, from where he's come from, you know, a year plus, man, this guy, he's awesome. Like, you know, he's obviously got the look. You know, he's an Adonis, as Stuart Fulton would say. And obviously, (laughs) you said it, but sublime every time. And he truly is. And he's, God, a guy's a hell of a worker. Yeah. He's awesome. Absolutely no, love me, some me Jack Morris. Definitely
1: one to watch in 2024, especially this uh this national title run. I think he Del Dr. Wagner Jr. Oh, has really seen, legitimized uh, that belt.
0: Oh what a run he had.
1: Yeah, now it's up to Jack to kind of keep that ball rolling and uh have some good uh title defenses, you know, four, five, six in a row, something like I that. I would
0: real quick, I would love to see. Iho Dell, Dr. Wagner Jr. get a shot at the big boy belt. Like, I don't think, I don't want him to win it, but like with what he did with that, it's like that motherfucker has earned a shot at, let's be honest, I think it'll still be Keno, but whoever comes out of the new year with that belt, I would love to see Wagner challenge that. You know, maybe not right away, but just at some point in the near future, I think that would be a good
1: spot for him. I think the, the sole reason, and this is just my opinion, I think the sole reason they had him drop The title, national title, is that you you at least have the opportunity to move him up. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's it's
0: similar to Morris. Like both those guys kind of came in from out of nowhere and both have just taken the ball and fucking run with it. And yeah, two of my favorite guys in Noah
1: for sure right now. No doubt. They're both their N1s, um, not 23s, not this year's N1s, but the 2022 N1s. Those were the two guys that really stood out to me in that scenario and, and made me a believer on both guys going And forward. both
0: of them have just gotten so much better since then. Like definitely the two most improved really across Japan, I'd say is in that time span, they've got to be two of the most improved just across the board in any company.
1: Couldn't agree more. Main event on that show was, like I said at the beginning, it was mentor and student versus mentor and student. So you had, to stack, <laughs> Let's just go with last names. I'm not even going to try. Natsumi Fujinami, Fujinami. Thank you. And Manabu Sawyer versus Keno and Jinsei uh This went 26-18. I, it was a little long, but I thought it was still good because I thought there was a story being told, especially on the Fujinami Sawyer side where there, there was beef after Sawyer it it left and at least the story being told was there was still maybe some uh, uh, hurt feelings, disruptive feelings, whatever you want to use in this sense, and the match itself was being used to kind of soothe old wounds. To between mentor and student, when it was between and, Soya and, and Fujinami.
0: Fujinami just slapped his ass, slapped Soya, his partner, to start the match. <laughs> it's like, all right, motherfucker, go.
1: it's like, okay. (laughs) That's what the great part about Japanese culture is in this scenario, where it's just like, when you have that mentor and student, I guess, uh, relationship, the student is so subversive. You're subservient, (laughs) whatever word you want to call it in this sentence. It's funny to see it play itself out, especially when Keno is like, you know, he's going to... uh, to Jinsei is like, you know, I want, you know, I'm ready to tag out. Jinsei is looking at him like, man, you better handle that old man. I don't know what you're trying to tag me for. You to fuck him up. I'm like, man, this is the greatest thing ever. And that's what I love. The fact that they have this much power over their students. And they were going to, in this case, Jinsei was going to send Keno in. You're going to have to beat the 70-year-old man's ass. Otherwise, you'll have to come back and deal with me. It's one of the greatest relationships in. Professional sports, bar none. I love it.
0: Yeah, I and I went four on this match as well. I think, yeah, just the thread of both the mentor student relationship, and then also having Kenno, the GHC heavyweight champ, and Soya, his challenger. Oh, who also happened to be part of the same faction for years. So it's like you had that all going on, and fucking Soya tapped his ass out, which like definitely did not see that coming. So. Yeah. Again, I,
1: I thought I'd thought i be very DDT surprised if finished. Keno – what's that? I thought the jumping DDT would have been the finish, and then he kicked out of that. I was like, oh, yeah. okay. okay. Like I
0: said from the jump, I do not think Keno loses, and I'll be pissed off if, if he does. That's just – I mean, as great as Sawyer has been, and, man, he has been great. If Keno loses the belt again without a title defense, I'm going to be fucking pissed. So, and – if Soya already tapped him out, I I'd, I'd just be hard pressed to see him beat Keno again. So I think Keno wins. I think it's going to be a fantastic match. And like I said, I was very surprised not to see Soya get the victory over him, but definitely tapping him out. So uh oh, yeah. you know he'll have a little uh, have a little edge coming into to, uh, what is it one two here uh, in the year. Um,
1: so. I couldn't agree with you more. For me. I just wanted to see Manabu Soi, you know, get this chance. When I first started to watch, he was one of the ones that really stood out for obvious reasons. I mean, the dude's are walking wall. So at this point, you know, watching some of the matches with, uh, you know, Congo is him being the uh, the enforcer. You know, it was like, okay, I, c- I can see, you know, where this is, you know, this could well, possibly We know he
0: can do a lot more than that. was kind of, I'm sure, where you were getting at, right?
1: Yeah, ultimately, yeah, I just – I don't think he really ever had the chance or the, no. the, the the real the opportunity to do so. The this year's N1, the 2023 uh version of the N1 it. was the one where he had the chance, and like you said, he just knocked it out of the park. And then from that point, like I said, as long as I get to see it, as long as he puts up a solid, strong effort, not much more that can be said about this. Um, there is a Angle that did come out of this, uh, before I forget about it, uh, Kota Ibushi Mm. arrives in pro wrestling. Noah, speaking of guys dropping in and making noise, Kota Ibushi challenges Mirafuji for that same January 2nd show, 2024. That would be the main event over Soya and Akeno. I'm a little surprised on that. but
0: Me too. But I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't but. necessarily
1: agree with it either. I was just going to say, I would much rather, th- and this is just because of what I think, the, the, I guess, the, the, the decline. I even hate to use that word when it comes to Kota Ibushi, but I'd like to keep I mean, it real. It's warranted, yeah. <laughs> it's warranted. You know, the decline in coda and the fact that you have a, a fairly hot GHC title match or matchup better choice words i don't know i just i'm a little surprised that this was the the main event now i would have just assumed it had been the semi-final or whatever the case may be and and i would have been totally okay with that too but if this is going to be the main event then i expect kota nabushi to be in shape and be ready to trade four or five punch kick combos with the, the best of the best so if that's going to be the main event, then I have expectations, but go ahead. What'd you think about the angle and what, and obviously uh, you're with me on this when you don't think it should be the main event. I mean, I love that the match is happening for sure. Even with Ibushi,
0: you know, being who he has been, which is very unfortunate. And like you said, this is the main event of, you know, arguably the biggest Noah show of the year. Um, even though it's at the very beginning. So I think this is put up or shut up time for Kota Ibushi in terms of like, are we ever going to get any semblance of the old Kota Ibushi back? Cause I know I haven't seen any of it in the last year, nine months, whenever he came back. And it's unfortunate because that is a guy who was by far my favorite wrestler in the world, basically 2018 up until COVID. Um, so I hope he comes to play and I hope it's a great match. And I have faith that it will be. And like you said, he's got, you know, plenty of time to get his ass in gear, but just you know, not even just his body, which you know is far from shredded and what he used to look like. He just doesn't look good moving around. And he's the opposite of smooth. And, you know, he's been slightly botchy, just has not looked a thing like himself. So again, I'm excited for the match. I hope it delivers, but it absolutely should not be the main event. But I, I'm i guessing that will help Keno and Soya raise their games because they should come out with a chip on their shoulder and want to fucking kill it and be, hey, follow that, motherfuckers. What yeah. do you got, Kota?
1: So. Yeah, that was going to say, you stole my thunder on that. That would be my total, you know, fuck it. You know, if we're going to be the semifinal, then we're just going to make it real, real difficult for you jokers to come on out here <laughs> after the fact. Um, i'll just say this about obushi and then we can move on to the uh all japan portion of the program um it feels like the Dakota obushi that you're talking about that you were describing was left in that ring when he crashed and burned on that okada yeah. g1 final and yeah we ain't seen that we ain't seen that dude since and that you know that's a goddamn shame because that's the guy that I was excited to see when AEW signed signed him over. That was the guy I'm excited to see, you know, going forward. And we ain't seen a hide hair a remote, you know, entrance of that motherfucker anywhere close. So I'm I'm very curious to see what he looks like. You know, like I said, I got expectations for it. I ain't going to, you know, crucify the man if he doesn't come out and kill it. But he cannot look like he's been doing the look, look, like he's been doing the last two, three times. Whether it's AEW or anywhere else, it's just it just has to look better. That's yeah.
0: It. And if if he does not deliver here, you know, I'd feel like it'd be hard pressed for. I mean, obviously, AE, he's signed with AEW. We don't know what that means in terms of how many appearances and whatnot, but. If he doesn't deliver here, it's going to be hard for any Japanese company to want to bring him in again, you know, at least until he can prove that he can go at that level. That's, again, why I'm a little, you know, surprised they got the main event slot because if anyone's watched Koto Ibushi this year, it is, like we said, it is a far cry from the man pre-injury. And, you know, obviously there were some personal things that went down with all this as well, but just physically he has been, you know, just a shred of what he was. So it's put up or shut up time, and it's going to be very, very intriguing. So I'm like I said, I'm very excited about it, and I think they're going to have a tough task to follow with uh, Keno and Soya. So
1: let's see. Now the prospect of the matches should be good. Now the execution there in lies, the rub. Let's jump over to All Japan as our boy Nakajima. Like I see, like I have on the caption, your boy ain't playing. He taking all the gold, taking all the silverware, and we're just adding another cup to his trophy case. We're jumping straight to the world, real-world Tag League final, where you had Nakajima and his partner, Hiroku Omori. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. kotu Omori. Thank you. They were facing uh, Miyahara and Iogi in the real world tag league final. Winner basically wins the cup as far as I well, it's two cups, it's not just one. So let's think like um, BSOJ, two two trophies, but these are two monster ass uh, trophies, neither here nor there. Didn't watch uh, any of this except for this one match, so I really can't speak upon the. The world, it's a real world. Yeah, I really just played.
0: watched one other match than this too. So it was Nakaj, or excuse me, it was Kento and Yuma against Yuma Anzai and what's the guy's name? I can't even remember offhand. Uh, hold on, I've got it here somewhere. Ryuki Honda, who is another kind of young up and coming guy that's got a lot of potential. So that match was like earlier in the tournament. I actually liked that match better than the final, even though the final was still good. But so, yeah, I watched only one more match than you. So you're not uh, missing too much that I didn't see.
1: Okay. Shit, that's okay. Damn. I'm, a, I'm almost a little upset, but neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> Omori and Nakajima win the match and ultimately winning the world tag League final, uh, real world tag League final, 30, I'm sorry, 20 minutes, 30 seconds, bell to bell. I thought this was really good. This was the first time I thought I really had a chance to see Omori in action. Nakajima felt like he was the, the senpai in this scenario and basically used him in, in that scenario in, in certain occasions. It just felt like for whatever reason, at least the story that I'm taking away from this, Miyahara and Yuma ayogi cannot beat Nakajima <laughs> for shit. Can't beat them by themselves. Can't beat them together. Just can't beat them. And the fact that you had Kento kind of getting a little pissed at the end of this match, only is going to add to the. I guess that's the twenty or the uh, the twelve thirty one. The New Year's Eve show that they have for the Triple Crown title. Uh, they're going to run it back, obviously. Nakajima being the champion, Miyahara coming as the challenger. So let's talk about those two things. Talk about this match, the final, and then let's kind of preview the Nakajima-Miyahara uh, title match on New Year's Eve.
0: Yeah, I uh, I went four on the match. I thought it was pretty damn good, but not great. Um, but yeah, I did like how it was kind of Nakajima like kind of pushing Omori. And Omori ended up getting the pin, uh, I think, over Yuma, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. He ain't pin Kento. But nope. it was almost kind of having him not really do his bidding, but just kind of pushing him. And, you know, it was, it was interesting. It was something – it just had kind of a different feel to it. And, yeah, Nakajima has come in and just taken this company by storm. Uh, he ain't playing – uh, I didn't realize until Azar had told me he showed up at, I don't know if it was the press conference before the tournament, but a press conference dressed exactly like Antonio Inoki, which is just very funny for a variety of reasons. That's, that's especially considering he's <laughs> never even been in New Japan, other than, you know, little bits here and there. But so what a badass move. Um, and yeah, he's come in and said, just try and beat me motherfuckers. And they can't. Obviously, he and Kento had some great exchanges in this match, Uh, but yeah, Omori. Not going to say he was the story, but I think he definitely got a nice rub out of this pinning, you know, Yuma, who had a has had a hell of a year this year, including a nice like what five or six month run with the triple crown title, which Nakajima took. So a huge win for Omori as well, and just kind of furthering yeah, Nakajima's dominance over those guys and. For the match coming up, I mean, you know, we talked obviously a lot when they had their first match, and that was Kento coming to Noah and losing to Nakajima. Now Nakajima busts open the door, <laughs> takes the Triple Crown title right away, essentially just, bait, you know, smacks Ken- Kento with a sack of roses. Oh. oh. Just coming in and showing them who the fuck Daddy is. And I would, I would be hard-pressed if kento wins this match i think nakajima's gotta win you know i oh,
1: think yeah, I, I would be totally stunned if nakajima continuing didn't
0: the story of him just running the show here and kento i mean he's had that belt like six times because there just frankly hasn't been a lot of top competition in all japan so i think this is good for him to kind of keep getting knocked down knocked down knocked down because that guy's been running the fucking place for the last you know five six years so yeah again as someone who is. is like you really just kind of getting into all Japan with any level of consistency. I think this is just the way this has to go. And, you know, I think does Kento end up being the one that takes it off Nakajima? Probably. I mean, I think, you know, maybe mid, late next year, kind of go that route. I, you know, maybe someone else gets it before, but it seems like that's probably where we're going where Kento him losing here would be his rock bottom and then kind of slowly working his way back up, maybe winning the champion carnival next year and getting another shot that way. But yeah, I just can't envision Nakajima losing right now. You know, the story, I think it just, the story they're trying to tell is that this motherfucker is untouchable. And frankly, I love every second of it. So
1: for for sure. I was going to say that that new year's Eve show is going to be the first, Uh, all Japan show I want to watch from start to finish and then try to pick that up into my rotation of ridiculous wrestling watching because obviously there's a ton of talent on that roster and I think that's a place where that young talent is going to thrive very nicely and I like to see that moving forward. Um, Did we want to talk about DDT or you just want to do Wrestle Kingdom preview?
0: I don't, th- I mean, did you watch, did you end up watching Watched any the or first no? Those two shows, so like that opening night and day one. I mean, we can talk about a little bit. I mean, I would, I would say, um, on the opening night, what was it? Yuki Ueno against Higuchi. Very good match. I went four and a quarter. Ueno yeah. got the win okay. as the champion. Um, but no, nothing that really set the world on fire across either of the two shows. I thought, um, the second show, I think it was Endo and Harashima, which you probably don't know much about Harashima, but he's like the the kind of like the Tanahashi, the aging ace. You know, he's okay. probably been K.O.D. champ eight to ten times. Really, kind of carried the company for a very long time, but he's still got a little bit more juice than Tanahashi does. Oh, and yeah. I thought, and he yep. got the win. And Endo is someone we'd talked about coming in. You know. He was my pick to win. I don't know if I have made that official or not, but, you know, we talked about Nakajima legitimately knocking his ass out when he was the champ and he's kind of slowly been kind of crawling back up and had some good performances. So and again, I think him losing the first match kind of lends towards that. We've seen a million times in tournaments. You talked about it with Bishamon earlier where teams kind of stumble out of the gate or individuals and end up winning it. But I thought that was a very good match, and uh, Hiroshima, you know, really took it to him overall. Um, but, yeah, nothing really too, too much to report. What did you think of what you saw?
1: Uh, just, you know, for the first real, you know, dip in the toe of DDT the first two nights, I was like, okay, you know, I, I, caught, I caught myself, you know, kind of looking ahead like, okay, what's this next show? You know, so in that scenario, it's done what I, I wouldn't like for it to do. As someone that hasn't really watched a lot of DDT, and, and in this scenario clearly have just cherry picked the Grand Prix tournament matches, just guys that I thought have stood out. Uh, Cannon, I thought stood out against uh, Harada in that uh, opening round show. Uh, he just looks the part. He feels like he looks like a Takeshita a little bit. Uh, speaking of the, you know the the next. A uh, guy that is the, the next big thing, or whatever you want to call it, Yuki Yina. Uh, if I'm pronouncing, Yuki his I
0: think it's just Eno, I or Yuki I know. It's I know, it's so weird because there's Yuki Ueno, Yuki Aino, I know, there's okay. Yuki, yeah. Yuki Hino. There's a lot of similar names. So, he I faced, think it's
1: Yuki I uh, He faced Hira- uh, Hiroshima. Uh, Hira- let's try this again. He faced Hiroshima that opening night. Uh, uh open around night or whatever the case may be and just kind of like blew this dude out of the water i'm just like what the fuck? I'm like, i didn't oh, okay. even watch that so it was it was pretty impressive it was i only gave it three and a half stars but it didn't go that long because it was just literally like he came in and just blew hiroshima out of the water i was just like oh okay so this this motherfucker is no fucking joke Um, From that point, I thought the second night was, you know, good, not great. You talked about the main event that that was the best match of that second night of uh, action. Day one, is it called in this scenario? I'll just say this. I'm interested to kind of catch up on this as we go forward. I know uh they have a couple two shows behind on that, but they didn't see yes, like bro, it didn't seem
0: like so. I was actually looking the other day, the twelve three show, which would be the next show, I mm-hmm. could not even find on Wrestle Universe. It just jumped it's straight. On there. Is it?
1: Yeah, I just had to. You had to like kind of go through. I think it's like in the archives or on the DDT section, but because I, I
0: saw like the twelve eight or twelve nine, whichever the fourth show the would be, or whatever. But I did not see twelve three initially because uh, that, that has a Mao versus Chris Brooks, mm-hmm. and Mao I allegedly put his national title on the line in that match. So that's definitely one that I would like to see
1: okay and then shit the same last motherfucker but yeah uh ddt i think is has gotten me at least interested to where i could cherry pick sh- matches from shows and you're and, starting to just know who guys are and uh, kind of what they're think, about yeah to, that's really the half the battle right there from that point it's just wrestling you just you know you watch and if they're good enough storytellers they should be able to tell you a story without you having to really having to be delved into with too much other uh exterior nonsense but neither here nor there like i said i thought the ddt shows were good and i'm looking forward to watching these next two tournament shows coming up watching the whole thing and seeing who ends up coming out of this because i think uh ddt is going to be little interesting at least for me on the towards the end of the year because like i said it's something i don't normally watch and I caught myself already, kind of peeking ahead of what's getting ready, what's coming up. So that means I'm just curious. Hell yeah! Let's let's close this thing up. Let's do some Wrestle Kingdom picks. Um,
0: uh, You mean this sorry excuse
1: for a Wrestle Kingdom? (laughs) Well, see, this why we can't have nice shit, right there. Okay, we we get ready to roll out the global heavyweight championship, and you your (laughs) ass is over here, you know. (laughs) getting <laughs> all over it, baby. Hey, look, I, I can't say I'm too, not disagree with you too much, but let's see what I, happens. Okay. I
0: mean, don't get me wrong. I'm still excited about it because it's Wrestle Kingdom. And we talked about it last time. We don't need to get too much into it, but it just does not. The hype is just nowhere near the level that it typically is. And we mentioned a lot of repeats on the card, you know, matches we've seen some 11 times, uh, excuse me, but um, others we've seen twice in the last few months. So, and just the main event, it's fine, but it's just nothing near the level of the main events that we're used to, but
1: let's get into it. Let's go. I I, I can't say I totally disagree with that. Just, just for the fact that, We've seen the main event probably one time too many leading up to this, but the, yeah, they've been battling in six man tags since the summer, you know,
0: from pretty much non stop. It feels like, and just here's the thing at the end of the day I think everyone and their brother thinks Naito is winning and he should, but it's it, because of that, it just kind of feels a little hollow. And then it's like, oh, if Sonata wins, like no one really wants that. Dude, so, not,
1: I'm, I'm gonna be the saltiest motherfucker about that's what I'm saying morning on January 4th that you will probably ever meet in your entire goddamn life. It's,
0: it's just a no win situation here. I, you know, I think the match will probably be pretty good. I don't think it's gonna come anywhere near five stars. Hopefully, I'm wrong. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah I don't know. I just, uh that's all I got. I just can't say no, anything no, else. I did.
1: The same last motherfucker. <laughs> that's just one last match we got to talk about because we both got Naido on that one. That's for sure. All right, yeah. let's start with something pretty easy, I guess. I don't, I hate to sound like Bill on this because there's not really easy matches to predict. Shingo versus Tama Tonga for the Never open weight Championship. Tamatanga, obviously the former champion, dropping the title to Shingo. Shingo now holding the title allowing Tamatanga to get his triumphant comeback and hopefully win back the title. You are shaking your head already. Go ahead. Take a dump on it.
0: I just don't really care. Uh, we've seen it twice in the last, you know, since the G1. You know, both matches were solid. You know, I think that one was a 20-minute draw. The one thereafter was definitely better. You know, I think I went four, four and a quarter on it maybe. But again, it's similar, similar situation, but different in terms of like, okay, Tama's had this belt twice, lost it right away both times. Shingo just won it from him. Do we really want to see Tama win it again? And then that just kind of makes Shingo look. It's just no one's gonna come out of this looking very good ultimately. Uh I don't know. I think Shingo wins. And yeah, okay. I just it's I don't know. I'm I'm getting more discouraged as we're trying to talk about it because it's. The, I'm trying to hype myself up and I just can't. I just can't. I think it'll be a fine match again, but I just don't care. I'm sorry.
1: Now, if it would be different if they didn't have uh, that match where I guess it was, I guess the match to old for you for to lose the title. Was that in uh it was, was that one good? of the shows in this I think it's, of the Lone Star shootout, maybe. Okay, sounds right. And then one uh, of those shows in the States that happened pretty quickly. And then he he challenged uh, Trent challenged him after the fact, and I think that was in uh, Vegas or whatever. Uh, okay, yeah, Vegas. yeah. Either neither here nor there. Um just Tom and Tonda just never really having a proper title run has has always been my biggest problem with him being an yeah. open weight champion. I mean it's great him being the champion, but I mean, if you don't take it off of it right away, then what's the point of him even winning the title to begin with? So um, I would, I would yeah. like for him to win, but I just don't see it happening. I just, it's Shingo for Christ's sake. You know, he's, he's a former IWGP heavyweight champion. so I'd expect him to be treated as such in this scenario, no knock against Tama. I love him. You know, hopefully he can get this, you know global heavyweight title that's getting ready to come on to uh david finley you know get it off of him as far as I'm right now i do
0: see again that's a feud i just have no interest in seeing again because we've just seen it for several months back and forth back and forth
1: I, can, I can't disagree that i think this <laughs> i think that's the one problem with new japan that i've been having at least in 2023 is the lack of just really intriguing feuds slash storylines i think since frankly
0: suji's comeback (laughs) so i think the first half of this year was awesome and you know i feel like multiple times were like new japan's back you know sakura genesis was a major highlight obviously suji a major highlight i think the g1 was good but not great but just everything from Dominion on has just felt mm-hmm. very convoluted from a booking standpoint, and just not much direction. And that's kind of like we've talked about Sonata, transitional champion, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's like this all kind of feels like a reset has been happening this whole year, but. It's, this Wrestle Kingdom has suffered as a result because I think Gato and company just haven't quite been able to just wrap their heads around the direction they want this company to go. And it, I think this show is showing that because it's just a lot of the same matches we've seen before. <sighs> but, you know, I think the future is still very bright. And obviously we've got yeah. all these young guys who are really grabbing the spotlight and running with it. But it's just... This that, show just, this show just feels really off to me just no, as well. I, and not, none of those guys are going to be fucking featured you know maybe that's, in that's a under, problem.
1: I don't yeah. like that now somehow somewhere you're going to have to start figuring out how to get the Rens, the shoulders sujis on all the guys one. that will get us excited are yeah. not even on this card I, I, and that's a, problem. I would, that's well, a major some of, problem some of the guys that are on this card that will get me excited case in point uh, War Dogs versus Catch-22 for the... Uh, Honestly, one of the matches I'm most excited for on this show. I, can't, I couldn't agree more of I love both sets of the War Dog tag teams, whether it's the heavyweight uh, set with Alex Coughlin and Gabriel Kidd, or in this scenario, just the, I mean, over-the-top shit-talking just... You know, have your sensor button ready to hit at any given <laughs> point when it comes to Car Connors and Dan Maloney, uh, Catch-22 and TJP and Francisco Akira. Apparently, Francisco Akira has been doing some uh, some things over in All Japan that I do, saw recently in a uh I think
0: I remembered seeing he'd had some matches over there, but I, of course, haven't seen any of them.
1: But that Yeah, was I was going to say that was, there that was something I wanted to check out, and I haven't had a chance to as of yet. But uh something to look forward to, I guess, in 2024 with Francisco Akira doing uh, two different promotions. That would be something interested in. So let's talk about it. You got the, the challengers. Catch two two, the winners of the best of Super Junior Tag League versus the champions in War Dogs. I'll, I'll go first this time. I let you go first last time. Um, it would be hard for me to. I like both teams a lot. Me I just too. <laughs> I don't know if I want to. to I pick the team that has the 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 story behind it and catch two two to finish the story, so to speak. And I'll like Cody, or I'll go with the War Dogs as. T- to retain. I'm going to take war dogs to retain. Fuck it. I think they would, somebody has got to, you know, all the baby faces can't win all the good stories can't end in a good way. So this might be one of them stories where, you know, you're going to have to be a little pissed off for about five or 10 minutes. If you don't like bullet clubs. So yeah, I'll pick, I'll take bullet club here.
0: I'm with you too. uh After much deliberation, you know, I I'd I, I like to see these guys have an extended run. They've been so fucking good. I mean, don't get me wrong, TJP and Akira, I think, have been the best junior tag team of the last, you know, pretty much since I started watching New Japan. I think they are the best junior tag team. I love everything they've done. But yeah, I kind of agree. It's not uh, all going to be coming up smelling like roses after this show. And I think this is definitely one where uh, the heels are going to triumph. And uh, but, you know, like the other tag match, which we didn't make our picks, I think it could go either way. But I'm with you. I'm sticking with well, the you
1: it Right now, because that's the next one on the Wikipedia page. It's the uh, the heavyweight tag titles. You got ELP and Hickleo, the strong tag titles, champions versus uh, Bishimon, the IWGP tag team champions. Winner takes all. We're going to unify the titles here. So who takes it?
0: I'm going with ELP and Hikaleo. Um, You know, yeah, like I said earlier, smart money says Bishamon. But like you said, it's like they've already done it all. They've won World Tag League three straight times. They've won the tag titles at least twice. I think this is just that moment to put over another team. And Bishamon just doesn't need it as much as I love them and as happy as I would be to see them win. I just think the smart move here would be to go with the younger guys, you know, really give them that stamp and... Yeah, and I, like I said earlier, I think those two have meshed sh- so well as a team, and I think they deserve it. Um, so I will go with ELP and Hickaleo here.
1: I couldn't agree with everything that you said, and on that point, I'm going to still take Bishamanda with <laughs> I knew you were. I, knew. <laughs> I was like, yep, yep. We'll oh, so here's t- one we'll other thing. T- Do you think
0: this could turn into a best at ad- three, two out of three falls. So that's kind of the direction right when the match ended, obviously we knew what direction this was headed. I kind of thought it would be given that each team is one and one already, and it's going to, you know, they already went 40 minutes. Granted, they're not going to get that time on a wrestle kingdom. And maybe that's why they're not doing best two out of three falls because it took them one fall to go 40 minutes, minutes that you would need a good amount of time. But that's kind of where my head was at. And hell, you could still have an incredibly compelling two out of three falls match in 20 minutes. But I don't know. I think it'll be great again. So, but yeah, give me ELP and Hikaleo. Fair
1: enough. All right, let's jump to the IWGP junior heavyweight title match. You got El Desperado challenging Hiromu Takahashi. Hiromu being the ace of the junior division holding it down once again, waiting patiently for Desperado to come back from surgery to challenge for the IWGP junior heavyweight title. I will go first. I think this is El Desperado's time. This is no knock against Romu. He's L.I.J. I'm L.I.J. Love him to death. But this has been a time where I have been patiently waiting for others, like a Master Wado. And guys of his ilk to come along and have some fresh matchups. Hiromu has done his job with this title. He's kind of made this is kind of made up for the few times he's had the title and's gotten hurt prematurely and not had a really proper run. This is about as good as it's getting. I don't think you can squeeze too much more out of this lemon if you wanted to. That's why I'm taking El Desperado to finally get a little comeuppance on his long-term rival, Romo Takahashi. Who you got?
0: Well, let's not say finally because Desperado beat him two years ago at Wrestle Kingdom, which, again, is a problem here. Um, I love these guys, and I love their feud, and it's the last thing I want to see right here because why? It's so fucking cold. Like, Yes, Desperado had the injury, but even before that, those two haven't interacted in forever. We talked, I think, two episodes ago, pretty much saying, this better be Mike Bailey or bust because Mike Bailey beat Hiromu. It would make sense for him to challenge again. And then Desperado just comes – and you know how much I love Desperado and how we spent a whole episode sucking him off a little while well, <laughs> at the very beginning <laughs> and the very end. It, it just to me, and I said it the, like this match happened two years ago, and that was Desperado's moment. He beat his rival at Wrestle Kingdom, and now we have to see it again. Why? Like, I the booking is just so bad. Be- like, they couldn't come up with anything better. And I'm this is beyond this match, but you've already heard my displeasure about the others. It's just, and I'll say it again with ZSJ Tanahashi for the 12th time that match is happening. It's just like, what are we doing here? Again, I think the match will be fantastic. All of their matches are. But it just doesn't mean anything to me right here, right now. I'll
1: pick Hiromu. Next up, ZSJ versus Hiromu <laughs> Tanahashi. You, you made that shit up. I, I was just, I'm was i just literally going right down the line. I swear to God. Uh, New Japan World TV Championship. This is going to obviously be on a time limit. Um,
0: who you got? ZSJ, for the love of God, if he loses. And again, I love Tanahashi. He's one of my favorite New Japan wrestlers. But why the
1: fuck is he in this match? All credit to the legend. I don't know. Um, I guess it's like I said, it's the race to 20, title defenses, and Hiromu. I'm sorry, not Hiromu. But Tanahashi has beaten ZSJ in a preview smaller match on the way to this. So you you got it. So there you go. That's all I got. I, like I, I can't. Rem-
0: I can't remember if my math. I mean, I I remember looking before the last show. I, it may not be eleven times. It may be seven or eight. But this match has happened a ton in the
1: last five years. Yeah, I think double digits feels about right. Okay. I, thought, I thought eleven or twelve was the the right number. When you said it's, twelve, I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. So
0: yeah. I, again, I'm beating a dead horse here, but why? Couldn't you have come up with anybody else in this spot? It, we said it so much about Tanahashi this year. The guy's out of fucking gas. Yeah, this is only a 15-minute match, but, like, he doesn't need the spot. And no, it's it, somebody
1: else. This, this is the spot where you could have a show to, I mean, as it, as it as was as Ren as last year, and now he's not even on the fucking card. This – that's – Unfortunately, that's their spot. And I don't think they want to disrespect Tanahashi in favor of someone that's underneath them. That's just my guess. Call me what you want. I I could easily be
0: wrong. uh, Hold on. Just in, in general, we already talked about it. But this whole year has been about building the next generation. And they've done so brilliantly. And yet, none of these fucking guys
1: are on the card. At all. I mean, I'm gonna granted. I'm going to hold um, out. There's the, I mean, the, the Tokyo Dome starts, what, a couple days. There'll be sometime this week, the 21st, the 22nd. I'm holding I am just out think out. I
0: can't. Uh, I just can't see them adding a singles match at this point, even though Ren and this, Shota definitely should be on this call. This
1: is going to be. That's what I'm saying. Somewhere that's where you're going to have a, a multi-man match somewhere on this joker. Where you have rent on one side, showed on the other at the bare minimum. Other you guys think we
0: get the same with Suji and right. uh Yuya. Cause if those if 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 Yoda Suji is not is
1: in the fucking New Japan rumble, we're gonna have a problem here. Okay, God, I cannot wait. For those, <laughs> this is one of the times where I'm glad we do a visual media because the look on your face met... Business like you were getting ready to go to Gato and fuck him up. And you don't have Suji on this card. Um, I'm not it's in, crazy. Honestly, I'm nearly as convinced about Yodosuji and Yuromura being on the main card. If anything, my my fear is there, they'll be in the rumble in, in some or what like they what that be travesty. you know that, that that's what we're doing beforehand, like we've done in the past. I can totally see them both of them being in that rumble versus. Like red, and just show that actually having their stand alone match, whether it's another singles match or multi man match.
0: I uh, already can't wait for next year's Wrestle Kingdom. <laughs>
1: <laughs> next up, we got a triple threat Bill Vegas special uh, Will Ospreay versus John Moxman versus David family for uh, the uh, inaugural global heavyweight championship. Uh, I will go first because I have thoughts on the name of this fucking piece of shit title. <laughs> global, you, y'all can y'all couldn't do no better than that. No better than that. This sounds like what was Jeff Jarrett's fucking uh, Global yeah. Force. That's global Force Wrestling. About. Yeah, it's horrible. It might as well say <laughs> World Heavyweight Championship Number Two. That's what this makes me feel like. You use instead of the world using the word world, you used global. So, as far as I'm concerned, you're basically telling me whoever whoever wins this is the number two guy. So, instead of just saying, you know what, hey, we made a mistake, let's bring back the Intercontinental
0: Championship
1: and and bring back the IC tile that and the lineage of that belt. Okay, but no. What are we gonna do? We gonna just double down on the mistake we made and fuck and it make up. Make
0: another stuff. new fucking title.
1: You don't need a. Excuse me, a new back, a new prop. Excuse me. If you wanted to bring back something, <laughs> this was the shit to bring back. I'm. I ain't even mad about the match itself. To be perfectly honest. the match itself. What like we? This the running theme. It should be fine. You got three of the best guys, or two of the best guys in the world, and David Finley. So you should be okay. No disrespect nice to David, David Finley. Take for what it is. It's a little disrespect. I'm just. You know you just caught a straight Wherever you at in this world, I'll just say this: <laughs> This is not a match that I'm looking forward to. And all that being said, I'm gonna pay take David Finley to win this Joker because it makes the most goddamn sense.
0: Yeah, David Finley's definitely winning, and again, that's kind of a... It's just, this all feels so predictable, or at least the big <coughs> matches that quote-unquote matter the most, Finley's got to win. And, I mean, unless, you know, I guess a part of me could see Osprey winning, and that's like a reason to keep him around, and in New Japan more, I could see it, but... I oh, think it's yeah. going to be Finley. And similarly, I think he's gone so cold of late and they I've cool still part.
1: got. It's not even his fault. They, they, his, the yeah. Book blew them off.
0: Yeah. Um, I still got faith in him. I still love war dogs and everything they're doing, but again, it's just cold and him showing up and, you know, destroying both the belts was just so random. Um, I mean, yeah, his, he, his reasoning was sound, I guess. Um, you know, people in Japan or whatever think I'm Irish or people in... A, I don't remember what the fuck he said, but...
1: Oh, you on the right track.
0: Yeah, regardless. <sighs> I mean, obviously, love Mox, love Osprey. I like David Finley, but this just isn't moving the needle for me yet again and just feels too predictable and, like, it... The unpredictability here would be Moxley winning, and I don't even want to see... Like, I don't want any of these guys to win this
1: That's <laughs> Honestly, just...
0: uh, I mean... You know
1: who I would, who like, I would uh, love
0: to see in this match? Ren Narita, Shota Umino, Yoda Suji. How about that for a fucking global
1: fucking champion of the fucking world, huh? I going to say, I don't want none of the Jokers to hold that title. That just makes them sound like, you know, they just... You know the backup to Okada, Naido, and whomever else. Man, shoot for the stars, man! It's like this global heavyweight child just dissipated to the 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 background where it belongs. Bring that again. Team. I
0: think this will be a great match, and it's obviously rare that we get a triple threaded New Japan.
1: That's the reason I, why I think they're doing it outside of. But that. I
0: just don't care. Yet again, like that is the theme here, and like. I'm wearing a fucking New Japan hat right now. We know everyone who listens to this show and knows me knows I fucking love New Japan. It's the best promotion in the world, minus the COVID year or two. Mm. And I just hate that I feel
1: this way, but it just is what it is. And no, again, it, the booking has definitely set it up to where now this feels like a a, a regular show versus arguably their biggest show of the year. But hopefully yeah, it, it does. does. Next up, uh, singles match: Brian Danielson versus Kazuchika Okada. Danielson winning round one, making Okada tap out. Now we're running it back in Japan this time on Okada's turf. I'll let you go first. What you got?
0: <laughs> I mean, again, predictable. Okada ain't fucking losing this match, and. Know. I think it will be great. I think it will be better than the one at Forbidden Door. I think this could be a five-star match. But am I excited about it? Not really. You know why? Because we just saw it. And it's not a dream match anymore. It lost all the specialness from it. And, you know, that match disappointed. I still went four and a half. It was still really good. I don't think Brian breaking his arm really changed that much. I, I can almost say I know it will be better. I know it will be great. I think it will be the best match on the card. It's still probably the one I'm most excited about, and I'm not even that excited for it. But I guess I am because it's like, okay, you've got to top what you did the last time. What are you going to do? I think having Danielson in the Tokyo Dome with that crowd is going to be awesome, but it just lost the luster because it already, it should have happened here first. And then it would... I mean, it just would have been that much more special, and fucking AEW took that away. It's like they're taking everything away, all of our nice things.
1: <laughs> but... Yeah,
0: Okada's Okada's absolutely winning. I think that is the the lock of the show here.
1: Yeah, that was going to say, I got Okada as well. I would be very, very surprised if Danielson goes 2-0 you know, over Kazuchika Okada, but weirder things have happened. And then obviously... Main event, you have Sonata versus Naido for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. We're both taking Naido there.
0: I didn't think I could get less excited for this show, and I am less excited
1: for this show after talking
0: about it. Yikes! <laughs> <laughs>
1: So much <laughs> Don't let our, you know, uh, our lack of enthusiasm dissuade you from joining us uh, later on as we break this thing. So much for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, hopefully, we're just dead ass wrong. And this way, you know, you can. Okay. So, it. having said all of
0: that, I still mm-hmm. think this will be a very good, enjoyable show. But just the hype coming in is negative for me compared no, I, to pre- previous Wrestle Kingdoms.
1: A lot of the a lot of the things we've already seen, and that's where I think um, it's going to be very interesting to see how they do it differently this time around, especially with like Sonata and Naito. We we have seen a summer plus of that, and it's gotten to a point where I'm ready for those two guys to go their separate ways. You know what I'm more excited about than Wrestle Kingdom. I'm dead serious. New What's Year's Dash.
0: New Year's Dash. Because that's usually where they kind of reset, start a everything. new angle. Yeah. No, I could yeah. totally
1: see that. I could totally see that. New Year's Dash is always uh, it's a Some it's shit's a show going down. I mean, they don't even announce it until you know the day of. So in that scenario, I could totally agree with you on that. And, and I think at this point, New Japan just needs a. A hard reset, and we need to just start over storylines again and and start building shit up from scratch. Yeah. Two things let's talk about upcoming shows and things on coming coming shows. The next show, whenever it is, is going to be our first 2023 year in review show. Uh, We're going to pass out, I'm calling them the Screaming Phoenixes. So that (laughs) will. or at least an exploding or screaming. I'm haven't decided which one really is of yet. I'm leaning towards screaming, but exploding does initiate the rebirth of the Phoenix itself. So something to think about. I'll let we'll you know. workshop it. Yeah. I was gonna to say, we'll discuss it uh, obviously off the year, but we'll be passing out some awards for match of the year, wrestler of the year, feud of the year, whatever else I can think of. A steal from BFR, Uh, Moving forward, so look forward to that. And young Brett has given your boy a assignment, homework assignment, on a written scale this time around. Brett has going to to delve into a top, what's the number? I'm assuming it's at least 100. Well, I'm probably going to do a top 50 for our
0: purposes. So top 50 matches from Japanese promotions. I'm going to do, but I challenged you to rank your top 25 because I am a rankings guy. You typically are not, but obviously we've talked enough about this shit. You know, we've given star ratings. Like, I think you could come up with a list and I'd I'd be very curious to see because- more often than not you and i are right on the dot or a quarter
1: star oh, off enough. so yeah so i'll curious. be
0: curious to see how your list compares to mine and with yeah, that so we're not bad. including forbidden door it's going to be all no. shows that are under the banner of a japanese promotion so you know not necessarily so happening in japan you know like new japan shows that occurred in america count like royal quest counts but not forbidden door for
1: example Correct. So like uh Russell Kingdom obviously would be of something that would be in play where, like you said, Forbidden Door would not be in play. So let's think uh for the your top 25 or top 50, if you want to play along at home with us, think anything under the new Japan banner, pro wrestling, Noah, stardom, TJPW you name it that's where we're going with it because obviously this that's our focus on this podcast where we're talking straight parezu and Josie pro style wrestling so in that scenario look forward for that coming up a list of brett's top 50 jcb's top 25 and like i said we're going to talk about the year in review at some point we're Probably going to be doing this in the next couple of weeks, depending on how things go. (laughs) We're shooting for the end of the year to get it done. We might have to take me doing a double dupe on a Thursday afternoon before BFR. But hopefully that is the goal. If not the first of the new year, 2024, right before Wrestle Kingdom, we might have a little spot carved out there as well to get this thing done. Anything that I missed?
0: No, I guess, did we want to just real quick do some picks on the Noah New Year's show as well? I know you had pulled that one. Obviously, we talked Kenno soya but I know there's a few more matches announced for that, right?
1: Yes, there is. Give me just a second. Where is to it?
0: reiterate, I'm picking Kenno in that match. And as we talked about, I think it's going to be a banger and probably with it being in the semifinal spot may make it even more of a banger for the reasons we discussed with those two guys being pissed off that they're getting upstaged by a washed-up Kota Ibushi, or hopefully not washed up, but
1: he has been. Kota oh, no. <laughs> <that. laughs> Ibushi in the bathroom or whatever, you know, taking a shot. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Just get hit. I hope that's not the case. Um, I agree with you. I got Keno in the uh, of the semi-main events against Manabu Soya. Um, I will say this. GHC slash Noah, whatever you want to call them, they are notorious for a no title defense scenario. We've seen it before.
0: Yeah, look at all of last year.
1: <laughs> I would be very, very surprised if that was the case here. Hopefully that's not we get a Keno title defense and we could keep things moving along with him. You know, def- facing other guys. So I think Keno could have a, a very interesting title run if given the opportunity. Let's just go ass backwards here. Uh, GHC junior heavyweight title match coming up. You have Daga as the champion versus Ita as the challenger. I'll go first. I don't give a rat's ass either way. I'll <laughs> <Me throw neither. laughs> the- I just don't care. Um, I'll take Daga as the... Uh, well, actually, take that back. I'll take Ida because he's been super over coming up to this point. Fans actually like his crazy ass. Daga just seems kind of the guy to be holding the title for the moment. So, yeah, I'll take Eda to, uh, to take the title off of Daga.
0: Me too, and also don't really care
1: too much about that one. <laughs> the aforementioned washed-up Kota Ibushi versus... <laughs> <laughs> ...Namera in, in a singles match. Um, <laughs> I'll let you go first on this one. Go, who you got? Uh, or
0: I mean, I got to take a Bushi. Um, you know, I think obviously Marafuji's on the back nine, but he, he can still go. We've seen that plenty of that this year. But if you're going to bring a Bushi in and hopefully he looks the part, I just think he's going to win. Um, I think he's got more to gain from it, you know, I would assume this probably isn't going to be a one and done, but who the hell knows? Uh, I mean, if he's given like we said, given a main event slot, like to me that's like, all right, this motherfucker might be around a little bit, but again, it's a fascinating match and we talked plenty about it earlier, but I'm going to take a Bushi.
1: Uh, I'll take him. Like is uh it's someone I've already professed my love for, and this would be a great way to show my support, even though I agree with you totally. Why bring Kotobushi in if you're not going to have him go over? ZSJ and Ogawa versus Tanahashi. <laughs> That's just great. Well, a and- little Kingdom
0: preview here.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, these two just can't get away from each other at this point. God damn, you know, what the fuck? I'll go first. I will take ZSJ and Ogawa over Tanahashi and Hayada. Who you got?
0: Me too. And it'll be nice to see ZSJ over there. I, I know he did some Noah stuff like before he came to New Japan, like, you know, 2014, 15, 16-ish. But I can't recall him showing up there since then. So, and I know he and Ogawa have some history. So yeah, I think it'll be fun. I mean, I don't think it's going to light the world on fire, but yeah, I'll take ZSJ and Ogawa as well.
1: One more match to talk about uh GHC junior heavyweight tag title uh, in a triple threat match. You'll have the challengers in Ninja Mac and Alejandro versus Yohei and Tadusuke versus the champions and Dragon Bane versus alpha. Let's go. Um, I've said that Dragon Bane and Alpha Wolf have are the team that a lot of people don't know, and if you have not seen them, then you need to DM me and let me give you my Wrestle, uh, Wrestle uh, Universe account so you can watch these jokes for yourself. These are the guys that I I cannot wait to watch shit unfold with. It's already going to be crazy because it's a junior junior heavyweight match, so that means somebody's going to end up in the first second or third row at any given point that probably is going to be dragon bane but we'll see that here in a little bit i'm going to take the chance to retain they are just the most over team in the company whether it's junior or heavies it just doesn't matter they are the most electric team the most exciting team the most entertaining team I cannot wait for this match. Obviously, as you see me rocking back and forth, I'm getting excited just thinking about this shit. Give me Dragon Bane and Alpha Wolf to retain. Who you got?
0: I agree. And yeah, I agree with everything you just said. I think this is going to be a complete fuck fest of a match, and I can't (laughs) wait. It's going to be outstanding. I mean, nothing like seeing... alpha wolf throw his brother around and those motherfuckers do some wild
1: shit. So recklessly throwing his brother around to the point where I'm just like, Oh God, please don't hurt him. Please don't hurt him. (laughs) That's your brother. No,
0: but similarly, very pumped for that one. That's going to be action packed.
1: Yes. I'm I'm very excited about that. Um, Wrestling's going to be just a nice little shit show right around that last end of the, uh, the December going into January where we're once again. And I'm going to be out of town, so I may not be watching a lot of it, so I'll have to catch my ass up that first Dude, week of January. I was going to say, that's the only thing I don't envy you about you going out of town for is the fact that then, when you come back, we're just going to have a nice little buffet of uh. Oh, each- yeah. Waiting for your ass, so you might as well don't eat too much while you're down there, uh, getting all a happy new year on these motherfuckers and shit. Um, I think that covers it, I think so, man. All right, so let's wrap this bitch on up. Um, not like much said, over two hours here. Nice work. I got 204 and running, so see, not under two, but I shot it the chocolate. My shot, you know, it just rimmed off of the uh, the backboard a little bit. But that's what we do. You just keep shooting your shot, baby. And sooner or later, others don't go down. But either way, just keep shooting, motherfuckers. On that lovely note, it's time to bid you jokers adieu for my man, Brett Jager, for my cast running around here somewhere who have been awfully goddamn quiet. So that means they're doing some shit they ain't got no business doing. i got to go check on them, jokers. Make sure you follow us on YouTube. Uh, not YouTube, but yeah, follow us on YouTube, follow us on Twitter, follow us on uh, the visionary, visionary Global Medias, all that shit, this episode should be coming out in the next couple days, give or take, so on that lovely note, we're out of here, Happy New Year, Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, all that good shit. <laughs> Save, you know, I love you to your parents because you only got one set of parents, and you fuck that up. You'll be mad about that for the rest of your goddamn life. So be nice to your parents. Otherwise, Sam's going to leave you a nice little lump of coal. Greg, you got anything for these jokers? I got nothing. See you. We'll see you next time on the PSP, baby. i at let you boys.